Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad you've joined us. Hey, Dr. Linda, you know, I'm glad to be here, I guess, I think. Sort of, kind of. <laughs> you sound a little down. Burned out, maybe? Burned out? Well, good thing we're going to do something about that today. We're going to actually right. talk about that. Actually, let me tell you a story about Rachel. She used to love her job. She went to work every day, and she felt it had purpose and passion. She was excited about the difference she felt she could make. But slowly, it all began to change, and eventually, she felt emotionally drained and exhausted and just really negative towards her job. And she dreaded work and felt stressed. And she may have sounded like me a minute ago when we opened up the show. So what you're describing is a progression to a position of burnout that a lot of people are experiencing today. This is being talked about in the news. It's called burnout, exactly Mm -hmm. what we're saying. It's become a very serious health condition, and it was recently reclassified by the World Health Organization as an occupational syndrome. So because it is a legitimate issue and it's often a misunderstood problem, we're going to do a whole show on this because it's become chronic in the workplace because of the stress that people are under. So when it gets a name like occupational syndrome, it's a real problem. It is. And it happens to people who are passionate and committed, but then they become deeply disillusioned with their job or career, both of which used to bring them identity, meaning, and satisfaction. And the way it sometimes comes about, Chris, is that the things that are inspiring to you, that bring you passion, you can get behind an idea or a project or something, and those things maybe slowly or maybe quickly get stripped away from you. And you begin to spend more time on very tedious or unpleasant things. Mm. You, you basically feel like you aren't getting much out of the job, but you're putting a whole lot into that job. Right. Have you ever uh, known anyone who's experienced this? You know, I have somebody that I know very personally who's dealing with this right now, mm-hmm. and it's really tough to watch. Wow. Because just like you were explaining with Rachel, this person was passionate, was so committed, had all these ideas, and because of sort of the organizational morass that he had to constantly be dealing with. It just wore him down. It beat him down over time. And now when you look at him, I mean, it looks a lot like, to me, it looks a lot like depression. Right. He's unmotivated. He looks kind of blank in his face. Hmm. And he really is what we call depersonalized. That's a, a psychological term that just sort of means you're disconnected to what's going on in front of you in terms of what you're feeling inside. It would be hard to watch, especially if someone is, you know, they start the job and they're energetic and they're giving it everything. So you see that life and then so, they just go the complete opposite way. Yeah. So I was really surprised. I read about Ariana Huffington. So mm-hmm. most people know that she's the founder of the Huffington Post. Right. And this is what the article said. It said she almost lost an eye from burnout. <laughs> now, listen to this. Apparently, she was so tired at work that she passed out, hitting her face on the desk. She broke her cheekbone and then had to get four stitches on her eye. And here's the quote from her. I wish I could go back and tell myself that not only is there no trade-off between living a well-rounded life and high performance, performance is actually improved when our lives include time for renewal, wisdom, wonder, and giving. That would have saved me a lot of unnecessary stress, burnout, and exhaustion. So the stress... It really gets a hold of you. It and does. But are, are stress and burnout the same thing? They're not exactly the same. Burnout, it can be driven by unrelenting stress, and that certainly is a part of it. But there are times when you're just really overwhelmed by stress, but you stay hopeful and you right. think, oh, I can get through this, and it's time limited, and I can, I can do it. With burnout, you're just empty. 
you're devoid of any kind of hope. You feel unconnected, disconnected to things. So it's a very different feel than constant stress. So when you're burned out, it, it affects the people around you too. It does. It affects your relationships. You snap at other people sometimes. You lose control. You get in more conflicts or you simply, and this is what the person I know is doing, completely withdrawing from everybody. And you can even have headaches and body aches because of the stress that's involved in this as well. At this point, would it help to schedule some, some downtime like just to get away? You know, that's a start. It is a strategy. It's not going to take care of what we call actually the syndrome of burnout, but it is good to do that. You can start to disconnect a little bit from your work, maybe take, if you can afford it, some spa time or simply walk in the park, play with your dog, or maybe just read for 30 minutes, browsing through some magazine, any type of relaxation. And I want to stress relaxation that does not involve drugs and alcohol mm. because those will just compound the problem of burnout, yet a lot of people turn to this because they feel like it's a way to medicate this bad feeling that they're having. So just to be clear, burnout syndrome only applies to the workplace, not the other potential stresses in your life. That's right. Most people think of it as a complete state of emotional exhaustion, but it's related to work. Okay, so let's talk about some signs then uh, that a person should look for when they're thinking they may be burned out. So here are some typical signs. You can have feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from the job, so you you know you have to do something, but there's not any real connection to it. Mm. You have a lot of negative feelings. One of the characteristics I've seen often with this is cynicism. Oh, wow. Just get cynical about everything related to the job. You know, I was at a job once, and I told myself, when I get to the point where I am so cynical that no one wants to be around me, that's when I leave. That's when I left. Did you recognize that as a burnout problem? Yes, definitely. You did mm -hmm. at the time. Okay. Professional, your efficiency is getting reduced, and that has to do with a lot of the depletion that we're talking about, emptiness. Mm -hmm. You're feeling depression, hopelessness, feeling overwhelmed by responsibilities, or just this feeling of, I just want to escape, yeah. which it sounds like you had that feeling. Got to get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's sometimes hard to recognize because it isn't well-defined. But it usually happens when the demands of a job far outweigh the rewards, the recognition, and uh, times of relaxation. It feels like your ambitions, your idealism, and your sense of worth are just being strangled. I think that's a really good description. And there are studies to say that burnout can change a person's brain in the process as well, making it harder for them to deal with stress. Mm. They do some neuroimaging where they look inside the brain, and they have found similarities between the brains of those who suffer from early life trauma and those who deal with clinical burnout in adulthood. What is early life trauma, by the way? That could be any adverse uh, event that you would have, maybe the loss of a parent, oh, okay. uh, fire in your house, mm -hmm. anything that is sort of traumatic as a child that you respond to. So think about that. That's what burnout, the brain looks the same as that trauma. That's pretty serious yeah. then. Yeah. Does it also affect your thinking? It does because you feel so stressed. The part of the brain that is responsible for what we call the executive function, the prefrontal cortex of the brain, mm -hmm. gets affected by this. And that's the part of your brain that has to do with memory, decision-making, emotional control, and even focus. So in a state of burnout, you make silly mistakes, you forget important things, you have outbursts of emotion, or you're making poor decisions. You know you're talking to a doctor when she uses words like prefrontal cortex <laughs> on the program. That's right. <laughs> but it's that part of your brain that does all those things that I said. And that's mm. why people, when they're in burnout, they're like, did I do that? 
Right. I don't remember doing that. The thing I have seen is that they're not making good decisions because they, in some way they don't care. Right. And they also just say, I'm just so tired. Yeah. And I never make good decisions when I'm really tired. Mm, me neither. Right. right. So exhaustion is real. People wake up after sleeping and they still feel very tired. Then they think, oh, I'm so tired at the job. I got to drink a lot of caffeine to help me stay awake. But then they still feel tired because it's really not about just your physical state. And then they can't sleep, and then they get even more tired. So you can see how this would become a vicious cycle. Well, and this is where you have the problem of, of bringing work home with you because you're, you're tired and stressed, and it affects your relationships. And I know that I am no fun at all to be around when I'm tired. I know, and that is a really good point to make about the fallout of this because we said it's only a work thing, mm -hmm. but it does come home with you, and you don't have as robust of relationships because it bleeds over. That's just the um, long and short of it. Uh, could this help by being more organized? That would lessen stress, I would think. Well, it helps most of us feel better, but when we're too disorganized to handle the work we have, that really does stress us out, so I can see why you'd think of that. Mm -hmm. It could be a step in the right direction, but it takes more than organizing yourself to get out of a state of burnout. Well, because this is a big problem for so many people, we have some questions that will make you think about burnout. Maybe some of these fit for you, or you can reassure yourself that you're doing okay. More to come after the break. Anger happens. It's part of being human, but it does not need to control or even ruin your life. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, with a quick prescription to help you break free from anger. Whether you are seriously out of control, hot-tempered, or just easily annoyed, why not try this biblical strategy to conquer those destructive reactions? A good place to begin is to admit you have an anger problem, and then begin the tough work of finding the root of your anger. The next step is to identify the triggers, you know, the cues that set you off. Your trigger might be other people or situations or even certain thoughts that pop into your mind. Next, calm down. It's like pressing pause on the moment. Take a breath. Count to five in Spanish or maybe some other language. Get your thinking brain back into control. And then finally, create a reaction plan. So in advance, think about ways to combat those familiar angry feelings. And then practice, practice, practice your plan. With God's help, you can break free from anger. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And today's topic is the problem of burnout. And we have a lot more to talk about. But before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. There you will find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. And remember, an easy way to know what Dr. Linda is writing about each day is to follow her on Twitter and Facebook at Dr. Linda Mental. And you can listen to the podcast on iTunes as well. You know, during the break, Chris, it was interesting. We're talking about such a serious topic here. Right. And the producer said... Chris sounds really serious in this segment and really sounded like almost that he was, you know, right there with the burnout. So I'm, I'm it does really out. affect. No, you're not now. But there are times when both of us we've talked about in our careers, we've right. gotten kind of close. True. And I think when we're talking about this, we're remembering some mm. of those feelings. When you go through something like this, it's pretty traumatic. It right. stays with you and it's a difficult place to get out of. So I'm kind of glad that that came up. Well, what are some questions then you can run through your head? so you can know if you are burned out or getting to that point at work. So the first question is, do you feel run down emotionally and physically? During my experience where I felt like I was you know, burned out with my, in, in my career, there was a sick feeling, 
on the drive to work. Was there really? And would, like in your stomach or yes. your gut or something? I've and, heard that from a lot of people. And I would get to this one point. I think it's when my, when my body said, hey, you're about a minute away. It would kick in every time. Yeah. In, and front, in front of the mall. Yeah. So and, <laughs> and so that is common. That's a common one. Yep. Another one is, do you have negative thoughts about your job? Mm, yep. And I know that for me, that's what really gets me going. I start to see the glass half empty yep. and constantly instead of seeing it half full. And then another one is, are you irritated by small problems or by coworkers on your team? So don't you think that's another one where you're sort of looking for the negative because right. you're feeling so negative? And what's interesting is, is you have small problems, like you said, but then there are actual big problems like being misunderstood or unappreciated by your coworkers. That can be a big deal. I think that's a big one for me. Mm. It might hit some people. There's some people where I talk to at work and they say, ah, I just let it be like Teflon. It just rolls right. off me. Those kinds of things, when I'm misunderstood, that mm. doesn't roll off me. Right. That's a hard one for me. Do you feel there's no one to talk to at your workplace or that you're achieving less than you should? Because when you start to think, I'm, I'm losing energy in that process. And see, the problem there is uh, you may be achieving less or feeling like that, but then there's the uh, an unpleasant level of pressure to succeed. So you end up in this terrible cycle where people are expecting you to do certain things, but you're not, right? and it just keeps getting and worse. And the pressure is a big part of that. Right. Yeah. Do you feel you're getting what you want out of the job? That's one that people begin to really question right. as they go through this. And I think it relates to what you just said, is there more work than you can practically do because of the ability or the time frames or whatever? So they're just loading the work on you. Right. And it bothers me when I can't do the quality I want right. to do. Do you feel that you don't have time to plan as much as you would like to? And I think... When you get to that overwhelmed stage, the planning goes right out the window because you're just surviving. Yes. So if you said yes to more than three or four of those questions we just mentioned, you could be on your way to burnout. Well, Dr. Linda looks like you need a new host. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore. You've come out of it. That's right. That's the good news. I do feel much better. That's right. And you might want to ask yourself as well, how much support do you have at work? And that is a good question because you tend to withdraw when you're in this state and you do really need other people around you, Mm. either to encourage you or to get your mind off of it. Remember that burnout is emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual exhaustion. So you're at your breaking point, and you need to regain your balance and reboot. Well, before we move on, we need to really look at what are those physical signs. I want people to be able to recognize them, so let's break them down even more specific. And Chris, let's start with the physical signs. Well, feeling tired and drained most of the time is a pretty common burnout scenario, and then it can lower your immunity, and you can be sick a lot. And I've seen that. Yes. It seems like when someone's not happy at work, for some reason, they're sick all the time as well. Well, and that's the frequent headaches. There are right. people who get headaches when they feel stressed. Uh, they get GI symptoms. I've mm. heard a lot of GI symptoms, your stomach, your bowels, all of that. Or they have muscle pain, or there's a change in their appetite and sleep habits. And that one is also a sign of depression when you have mm. a change in appetite and sleep habits. So are the GI problems and the uh, the eating habits obviously would be tied together. Yeah, or, or you're just, you know, some people when they get stressed out, it, it, it affects their stomach, you know, affects mm. their whole gastric area. What about emotional signs of burnout? So these are ones that people will really recognize if you're in the middle of this, a sense of failure, self-doubt, loss of motivation, feeling helpless, trapped, defeated. The one that is really easy to see in people is this detachment that they develop where they just remove themselves from the everyday fight, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and they're just alone in the world. And then, as we talked about before, there's this cynical and negative thinking and a decreased satisfaction 
it seems like, especially with the emotional signs, they sound like depression. They do. And there's a lot of similarity with this, but it is very specific to the burnout at work. Hmm. There are also behavioral signs to look for as well. So when you withdraw from your responsibilities, when you isolate from others, you're procrastinating, it just takes you longer to get things done. Maybe you are using food, drugs, alcohol to cope. We don't ever recommend that. Taking out your frustrations on others, skipping work, coming in late, leaving early. Those are the things to look for. This person is no fun to be around either. <laughs> yeah, well, no, and they, and they don't want to, they're not having fun being around themselves at that right. point. Well, if you see burnout in someone or if you decide, you know, hey, that could be me, uh, what do we do about it? Positive psychologist Martin Seligman has written a little bit about this, and he says we need to have five elements in our life to have positive well-being. Okay. And it's really the these things we're talking about are actually the opposite of what he talks about. Now, he's not directing this just to burnout. He's saying, in general, if you want positive well-being in your life, you need positive emotions, positive relationships, to be engaged, to have meaning in your life, and to have some type of achievement. So part of the work is that you need to think about your life in those five areas and say, how am I doing? Well, let's start with how negative you feel. It's hard to have positive emotions when you feel so down and depleted. And burnout doesn't go away on its own. You have to do something with all those negative feelings that you've developed. You have to be very specific in addressing them. So first, you have to identify what those are. And sometimes it's really obvious, like you're having negative thinking because you work in a very toxic organization. So that one's easy. Other times, you have to do some introspection and you have to say, hey, what is it about me that's going on that might be contributing to those feelings? I would think that resentment would be involved. For example... Someone may not mind doing additional tasks at work, but it keeps taking away from family time, and that could create resentment over the job. Yeah, so if you can figure out which of those negative feelings, like resentment, is at work there, then you can come up with a way to manage or eliminate that. So you might, at that one, that example that you just used, you might say, you know, I, I can't take on another thing, or I need to say no to that. So that would be one strategy. That would be a start in terms of changing this around. And if you don't know, if you're like, I don't know what's causing my negative emotions, one of the recommendations is to keep something we call a stress diary. Hmm. And this is where you write down your feelings when you get really stressed and you say what was happening at that moment. So you have the, the thing that was happening and then what you felt. And sometimes if you read through a diary like that, you can see a pattern or you can identify what sets that off. Because I don't think we always know what's triggering us or what's cueing us or setting us off to something negative. So then do you tell yourself, look, I'm going to think positive thoughts. I mean, you are feeling bad, so why would you have positive thoughts to begin with? This is part of how you work your way out of burnout. Mm. Once you identify the negative thoughts, the negative feelings, you have to change that. And making yourself think positive and adding affirmations along the way, that's a very intentional process. It's challenging because you literally have to say, all right, I'm thinking this negative thing. What could be a positive thing that I could think about this? So you're forcing yourself to do something positive that you can think about during your day. For example, if anything goes right during the day, you think about that. If you do something nice for someone or someone does something nice for you in the office, they help you or they show an act of kindness, you focus on that. You focus on the aspects of the job that you might still enjoy or that if you could do more of it, you would enjoy. And you start chatting with people who are up and positive, maybe coworkers, maybe during the lunchtime. 
So it's basically changing your attitudes towards your job that can help you regain a sense of purpose and control. Well, on that positive note, Dr. Linda, let's take a short break. And when we come back, specific strategies to dig out of burnout. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. You're listening to The Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website, drlindamental.com, and you can follow her on social media as well. And don't forget, you can listen to this podcast anytime. Just go to iTunes and search Dr. Linda Mental. Dr. Linda, in the earlier segment, we talked about experiencing burnout at work, and you said something about finding people who are positive. I wanted to point out that it is easy to find people who are negative. They're everywhere. Yeah, and we were talking about that during the break. And it's interesting. We're having very robust conversation during the break yeah. about this process because a lot of us, all of us, I think here have worked in places where we've gotten either mm-hmm. into burnout or close to this. And you're right. There are a lot of people that would also feel that way. And if you get in a group with them, it's just going to take you even more down. So you have to be intentional about right. finding the person who still has a glimmer in their eye <laughs> <laughs> or thinks there's a there's a hopeful. Usually those are the new people. Right. <laughs> and if the organization is toxic, it's usually the new people who come in and right. feel helpful at the beginning. And it wouldn't hurt to hang out with them. Well, today we are talking about strategies to combat burnout. And earlier we mentioned delegating some of the work to other people. Are there other things you can do related to focus and workload? If you can delegate, that's great. It does help. You can also find ways to add autonomy to your job, like maybe work at home a day if the organization allows that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that helps people regroup a little bit. Sometimes you can change your role and maybe get into something that would get that energy and excitement going again. The idea, though, is to take a little control where and when you can, because that's part of the process of coming out of this. You know, you see some people move up in the organization, and they get a a much more busy job with Mm -hmm. a lot more uh, responsibility. Responsibility, yeah. And they say, hey, this is crazy. Yeah. And they'll go backwards. Yeah. You've seen people do that. But they're a lot happier that way. And when someone experiences burnout, we already talked about how their physical body needs attention. What helps in that area? So this is about life balance, and a good way to do that is always to exercise. I know we always talk about exercise. Ah. As a good, it's a mood enhancer, though. Yeah. The mental benefits of exercise are so well known. We know it reduces stress, improves your mood, boosts your immune system, all of that good stuff. And along with exercise is getting good sleep, eating better, and drinking water through the day. So it's really paying attention to your body and doing a little self-care. Do people take sleeping pills and other sleep aids uh, to try to help with sleep? It's tempting to do that when you're having trouble. And a lot of times sleep is a problem because you're thinking of all this bad stuff and you're feeling so bad. Right. But you want to avoid sleep aids like alcohol, NyQuil, Benadryl, Valium, Ambien, all those things. They're substances that greatly disrupt your brain's natural sleep system. So while they might help you get to sleep, there's a lot of other stuff that's going on in the brain. And in the long run, what happens is it really makes things worse. You know, it's odd is when I was experiencing this, Mm -hmm. of all the stress involved and all the anxiety, 
never had a problem sleeping. You didn't? Isn't that weird? Oh, that's yeah. the, I'm the exact opposite. When things are bothering me at work, my brain just doesn't turn off, and I right. have a lot of trouble. I could also eat, too. Not a problem there. <laughs> well, these lifestyle changes are important, and a lot of people ignore their basic needs, but ignoring your own needs is one of the reasons someone could burn out, right? Right, and that's why you need some relaxation. We can't work all the time and not expect to crash and burn at some point. Yeah. You need to take a real vacation. This means disconnect, turn everything off, don't be checking your email. But then you have to have strategies when you come back to re-engage. And this is where thinking about your personal goals might be very helpful. You can still listen to the uh, podcast of you this podcast. You can program. always listen yeah. to the podcast. Well, we'll encourage you. <laughs> you know, your, va- your values play a role in personal goals. And if your values and the workplace values don't line up, Uh, that's going to cause some stress. And you know, Chris, sometimes that's the root of the problem. You're working somewhere where you don't agree with their values. Mm. You don't like what the company's doing. You don't like how they treat people. Right. And and this means you have to identify your values and think about what does give meaning to your work. It's really identifying what's important to you. And sometimes that means you might need a change. You might Mm. need a new role in a company, or you might even need a new job. What about your spiritual life? When you're burned out, it's so easy, as we have been saying, to get discouraged, right? Mm, yes. And you get hopeless. But because of your faith, you can always stay hopeful in the Lord. And that means we have to dig in deep spiritually. We have to disconnect from distractions, spend that time with God, and really allow ourselves to be refreshed with the Lord. I think it helps to read the scripture. It helps to meditate on the word, even to worship. Just spend time in your house, put worship songs on, worship in your quiet time, be with encouraging people, and reconnect with the goodness of God. I think during this time in my life is one of the times that uh, God spoke to me the loudest about some answers that I needed. That's really good. Very interesting time. Yeah, and it's the way to refresh. We have Mm. to refresh in the Lord. There's a benefit we have of being in the faith. Right. So, Dr. Linda, if you had to sum it all up, what would you say to do to start coming out of burnout? First, I would say think about why this has happened and how you got there. Then focus on the basics. And those basics we talked about were self-care and that spiritual refreshing that we just mentioned. Take a break, maybe a vacation, a leave of absence, maybe a mental health day off or one of your sick days. Reassess your goals, your values, your, the meaning that your work has in your life. Learn to say no to things, to tell people, I just can't do that. It's just not right now. I just can't do it. Practice that positive thinking. It helps to focus on gratitude in the process. And then the most important that we talked about was to refresh yourself spiritually by spending that time with God. And remember Philippians 4, 8 that says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our social media director, Zach and Allison Bolton, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're here, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. 
These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.